Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Mums, The Word, The Parenting Podcast. I'm Kelsey Parker and I'm your host for this week. This episode, we are focusing on fitness. Now, I absolutely love my fitness, but I find it so hard to actually get to the gym. I'm really struggling now that Aurelia has started school. It's fitting in the time to actually take Ray to school and take Bodie to school, then try and work and fit the gym in. I'm literally finding it a mammoth task. I haven't been, I'm paying a gym membership and I don't think I've been for like the last three months. Like I'm honestly so bad. The bit of fitness I've actually managed to do over the last three months is trek the Alps. I actually had to go on a Copperfield trek and raise money for charity to get my fitness in. Because honestly, those that are struggling, I'm struggling too. I have that amazing idea that I'm going to lay at home and do some Pilates on the floor and get my mat out, but it just never seems to happen. Is anyone else struggling with this? Today's guest is Holly Grant. She's an award-winning personal trainer, advanced reformer and mat Pilates instructor, pre- and post-natal fitness specialist with over a decade of experience and a mum of two. She's trained household names such as Jordan Dunn, Ella Mills, Melissa Hemsley and International Royals. Holly is the founder of The Bump Plan, a first of its kind fitness plan that supports those trying to conceive pregnant and postnatal, filmed in real time with her own journey and used by over 40,000 women globally. She's the author of two books, The Bump Plan and The Model Method and is host of the Strong Woman podcast and Bun in the Oven. She currently lives in Dorset with her husband husband, four-year-old Freya, and eight-month-old son, Kit. Welcome to the show, Holly Grant. Right, so let's jump straight in. Why did you create the Bump Plan and what's it all about? Wow, there's a question. So the Bump Plan is kind of a first of its kind fitness plan that's split into three plans. One is for to support people while they're trying to get pregnant, which was filmed whilst I was trying to get pregnant. I mean, not literally doing the deed, but uh, during that period of time. (laughs) Then uh, there's the pregnancy plan, which was also filmed during my own pregnancy. So um, the workouts that you're 
receiving at home, I'm following along, you know, with the same amount of pregnant. Uh, it's terrible English, but we are. I um, love that. <laughs> I get more pregnant as you get more pregnant at home. And then there's a postnatal plan as well, which was also filmed in my postnatal period. Um, and so it's uh, it's kind of you're living together. You're, we're friends. We're moving through this journey together. Um, and it's really heavily based on Basically, whilst I was pregnant, I've worked in the fitness industry for 12 years, mainly with women, all different stages of their lives. And I've done multiple qualifications in all different areas, PT, Pilates, pre and postnatal. And then when I was pregnant, I suddenly realized that actually a lot of the fitness that's out there for people who are pregnant or postnatal felt really dry and really uninspiring and unempowering. It would be very gentle and, you know, lots of pictures of white women sat there cross-legged, you know, breathing. And actually I wanted women to feel, go into labor and feel really powerful and strong. And, you know, you're about to do one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Um, And so, yeah, I just felt like that needed fixing. Yeah, my mum has had four kids and that was her advice to me. She was like, you need to go to the gym because they them legs need to be strong because you need to push a baby out of you. And I was like, you're so right. Yeah. So I did actually train through my whole pregnancy. Um, and I was like lifting heavy weights and everything. I was like full on gym in it. Yeah. But I actually got preeclampsia and I just got so big and I couldn't do anything. Like I literally couldn't even fit my shoes on anymore to go to the gym. And I remember... That, so we all used to go together, me and my friends, I think it was like on a Wednesday and I had to meet them outside because oh. they'd been to the gym and they came out and I was there and one of my friends laughed at me. She was like, because I think she was so shocked to see me looking so big that she was like, and I was like, don't laugh at me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to be in the gym with you and I can't even train and look at me because obviously the training wasn't doing anything for me. I was just getting, well, I had edema. I was like just so swollen, but I think training is empowering as well. My friend, my best friend's called Kelsey. She trained her whole pregnancy. She was doing 6am, going to the gym. Like, I think it's incredible. And it does give you that fitness for labour. And we're we're not taught these things. No, and how amazing that your mum did give you that advice because there's absolutely casting no shade, but the generation above us do tend to treat pregnant women like they are um, fragile and very gentle and put your feet up, you know. Don't do anything, don't move. Yeah, my nan's like that. Don't overdo it. Should you be going to the gym? Oh, you shouldn't be lifting that. It's like, nan, I can do it. Whereas actually what we say is that pregnancy is the longest marathon that you will ever run. Labour, however you give birth, is probably going to be the hardest, toughest marathon you'll ever run. And, you know, parenting is also incredibly hard mentally and physically. So you wouldn't ever enter a marathon without training. And so, yeah, we say that's why ideally it's great if whilst you're thinking about starting a family or trying to conceive you're thinking about building a body that's going to get you through the marathon but of pregnancy. I think fitness helps to conceive as well so there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of myths and actually one of the we work uh, with the active pregnancy foundation which are an amazing charity trying to get more um, people to be active during pregnancy and the problem at the moment is there's a bit of a gray area when it comes to research 
for those who are trying to conceive. And so often, as you know, we get told when we're at school, like, don't touch a boy, you'll get pregnant, you know. Then you start trying don't to get pregnant. Yeah. Oh, don't get too close to them. It might jump onto you. Um, and so you, st- you, I think often we go into trying to conceive thinking it will happen quite quickly. Not everybody, but lots of people will think that way. And then actually you realise the miracle of actually conceiving and how difficult it can be. And so what we hear a lot about from our members um, is that the one of the first things they do get rid of if they're struggling to conceive is exercise because they're worried that they're maybe overdoing it, maybe it's affecting their fertility. But actually what the research suggests is that those who take part in moderate intensity physical activity during the week, um, you know, are more likely to have, um, to get pregnant quicker and to go on to have a healthier pregnancy. So actually it's, it's really the research that is out there, I think that gets, uh, miscommunicated is that, you know, if you're a very high level athlete and you are training so, so hard, and then you're not nourishing your body as well, Sometimes there might be an issue with fertility there, but actually the general population, let's be honest, we're struggling to meet those 150 minutes of just moderate act- activity per week. Well, I'm really struggling at the moment, but but going back, I'll, I'll come back to that. But I, to, so I had like a window and you, I know you should never give yourself a window, but before I got married, I was like, oh, if we're going to have a baby, we could have a baby right now. So I gave myself that window. It didn't happen. Got married. And then I actually... Um, detoxed so I cut sugar cut everything really like drunk loads of water was really healthy was training like three four times a week then literally did it for eight weeks and I fell pregnant at the end of my the eight weeks I went to Vegas and had a blowout and what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas it comes back and it's (laughs) it's a baby baby and her name's (laughs) Aurelia um but that massively helped me to get pregnant and I've I, I sort of said to my friends like do the if you're struggling like try the detox do the fitness it 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 does help and I think it, it it's a distraction like mentally it's it's you know feeding your soul it's really difficult because there are so many reasons why somebody might not get pregnant and it's so it's also very difficult to say if you do x you will get pregnant as well but what we can say is that look you if you're planning to get pregnant you're going to want to go into that pregnancy strong because pregnancy is very taxing on the body you know it is hard work um and so we want to make sure that you are going into pregnancy as strong and as fit and as healthy as as possible um and you know do not worry it, as long as you are not you know it's, it's, it's like anything isn't it extremes are, are, are never great you know and so actually instead if it there's a, gen, a whole generation of women you know who really like to exercise because of how it makes them feel maybe it's part of their mental health um you know plan and how they stay sane um or it's a big part of their identity and it's such a shame to cut that out when you're trying to conceive when actually the research does not support that yeah see at the moment i'm really struggling to go to the gym I just can't find the time. My little one's just started school. I'm I'm like the person that phones in here. I need help. Um, <laughs> I've got you. Yeah, I. It's just actually finding that time. And in my head, I'm like, I really want to work out at home, but I know it's never going to happen. And I know like I need to prioritise my time better. But I'm really struggling because I've got Aurelia, who's four, and then Bodie's two, and one goes to one school, the other one goes to a preschool. So I'm in the morning doing all these trips. Then by the time, and then I have to work. It's just it's a lot, and I'm really I know that you know for me, 
fitness is really good for me mentally and I need to do it, but Mm. it is finding that time. Yeah, it's so difficult. And I mean, you know, it's often what we'll hear from members. It's actually, especially during your first pregnancy, it's a bit of a luxury because you have usually got the time, Um, you know, unless your work life that balance is, is really skewed. But, you know, in general, uh, most of us probably have more time whilst we're during that first pregnancy than we do postnatally because all of a sudden mums just move down the list of priorities, you know, and there's always something else that we could be doing. So I get it. It is really difficult. And, you know, I've got an eight month old, my second. And, uh, and you know, for work, I, I need to be strong and fit and I needed to get back to teaching. And I feel the, pre- the same pressures as everyone else. Yeah. So I had to just really, really uh, prioritize a walking. So Kit goes, in the baby carrier he goes absolutely everywhere with me in there bless him um uh, you know walking is such an underrated form of physical activity i think people often say i barely i don't do any exercise but actually if you counted how many steps you'd done you you know it might be that well i was really happy yesterday i did ten thousand, so i'm I'm happy with ten thousand steps even if you just gave that as like you know what every day at first i'm just going to try and do ten thousand steps and then eventually hopefully you might get back to the gym but yeah it is very difficult and i think it's you know even when we have these babies and we're not we're not prepared for afterwards so with Aurelia I think I may have prolapsed Mm -hmm. but I didn't know because I didn't know what feeling I should have been feeling down there then I had Bodhi so mine have only got a 15 month age gap Mm -hmm. and with Bodhi I actually now do have a, a prolapse so when I go to the gym I also find that quite embarrassing too yeah because I Fanny thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so All embarrassing. Yeah. No, and ha- you know what? I'm sat here thinking, this is amazing that Guys, you're talking I am about this. right now. Because there'll be lots of listeners who actually maybe have never heard of a prolapse. Yeah. So prolapse is essentially where uh, one or more of your pelvic organs drops down into um, the vaginal canal. Um, and it's usually because the pelvic floor um, is not able to support those organs. And so some of the symptoms that you might have is kind of a feeling of heaviness down there or not being able to kind of keep a tampon in or like you said you know fanny farts you know we've all been there haven't but it's we? so embarrassing when you're doing yoga and you're like downward dog <laughs> extend your leg then i'm thinking oh my god i've really got to bring this back slowly but i could just go <laughs> on the way down and it is embarrassing but yeah. then i think we're all women you know we need to yeah, and embrace the prolapse. It's actually really quite common as well, and obviously it's more common in those who've had a vaginal birth. Um, but in ge- and uh, and also how do I wear this? Like older ladies, I guess you know. Once we might reach kind of menopause onwards, um, it's more common as well. Um, you know, and it and it is common. Uh, it's not it's not normal, you know, but it is common. So I think that's what we need to say that there will be lots of other people out there who have it, and there's varying degrees of prolapse as well. Um, but the good thing is is that you can exercise with it. You know, uh, working with a pelvic health physio is really important. You might be able to use like a pessary or um, just find out which types of exercise work for you. But it is, yeah, it is quite common. Do you think I should have an operation to get it back or do you think I should just do exercise to get it back? I think I think you need to see a pelvic <laughs> health physio as much as possible. Um, they are the absolute even know, experts. Like, yeah, you'd, I wouldn't have even known this would you like this is not common knowledge they should teach this in school they should teach this in school and then you don't feel like oh this has happened to just me yeah yeah and yeah pelvic health physios if you are worried about anything down there uh, to be honest if i could gift every person who's had a baby anything it would be an appointment with the pelvic health physio we call them at the bump plan fanny magicians because they are just amazing and um you know it's so likely that we will have something after we've had a baby that might need a little bit of support or a little bit of help 
help or education to get us back to feeling amazing again, which is what we deserve. But actually we just end up putting it to one side, you know, I'll book an appointment next That's week. That's I'm so like that. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next yeah. week. And now it's like, well, Bodie's, t- oh my God, he's three. He's going to be three this month. And I still haven't seen anyone really. Um, how do you find it juggling your two? So you've got Kit, who's eight months. Yep. Yeah. And then Freya. Who's four. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very driven. I mean, the bump plan is has been the most incredible project I've ever worked on. And I've got a studio in London as well that takes up a lot of time. And so from a business point of view, you know, I am pulled in lots of different directions and I'm needed. But I absolutely love my job. I mean, I I just I, I feel the luckiest person for the last 12 years. I've just absolutely I've never had that Sunday night dread. So I love, you love my job. going to work. Yeah, I, I just love it. Um, and then obviously I love my kids as well. So I think that's sometimes the hard bit you know you I love both the business was my first baby um but I'm really lucky that actually about seven years ago my husband gave up his job to come and work with me um so how's that it's you know how what? do you work together live together yeah. and raise babies together <laughs> <laughs> yes I do, yeah alcohol wine um <laughs> you know what it's actually it's really great in lots of ways because I'm quite a feminist and my husband is also the first person when someone says what you know what do you what they'll always ask him you know we just moved to dorset right everyone presumes that we must have come straight from london and that he is the do money they have like a, a code for you down there grockles yeah yeah a lot of areas like people that move yeah. out from london well, they, call, the yeah, they call that they call us something yeah, it's like grockles. oh it's Wow. And I don't know how long I've got to be there before I can start being seen as like a local. Um, <laughs> but often people will say to my husband, oh, what do you do? And he'll go, oh, I work for her and point to me and they'll go, huh? And he'll go, yeah, she's my boss. And he's the first person who will say like that it was my it's my business and he works for me, um, which is I, it's such a small thing, but it, it's actually really important to me. And it's and it does shock people. We've had all sorts of comments, you know, I could, I could write a list of all the things that people have said. Oh, God, give me one. Give oh, me- Give me a comment. One of my, a, a male, uh, I don't, he won't be listening to this. Um, yeah, when I said, oh my, he said, what does your husband do? I said, oh, he works for, he works for the bump plan. He works for, for me. And he was like, oh, he's under the thumb. Oh, how can, oh, I couldn't do that. And I just thought like, well, yeah, actually I'm really lucky that my husband is the type of man who can do that. And he, and he loves saying that he works. He's so proud. And it must be easier to work together because even like childcare. A hundred percent. Yep. If I, yeah, if I'm, if I'm filming a podcast, for example, you know, he, I know that I know there is that other person that is always going to be able to do the other share. So we share childcare 50-50 and business-wise, work-wise, we work 50-50 as well. We've got our own roles. Um, He knows you the boss. Yeah, he knows I've got the final say. Um, But actually, no, it's it's worked really well for a long time. But we do have to be really careful that like in the evening when we're having dinner with the kids, that one of us isn't going like, oh my gosh, did you see the VAT returns come in? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you've got got to be like, nip it in the bud. Let's talk about it. So work's work when you're there. Yeah. Nine to five. Yeah, in theory. Yeah. It, yeah. Still it creeps into is. the bedroom, course, yeah. you know, like you, you'll be just going to bed and you'll be like, did you email that person back? And then they'll be like, no. And then you tell each other so off. So do you ever argue? 
oh yeah, yeah, discussions, Stuart calls them. Yeah, they're discussions. Um, I'd call them arguments. But yeah, you know, it's 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 obvious when you spend that much time with each other. And how long did you say you'd been doing it before he came seven, seven years. Oh, so I'd been so I've been, run the business for twelve years, and he joined seven, seven years ago. So you, yeah, the business was there, and then he sort of came on. Yeah. The other things people will say is like, oh, is he the? Is, does he do all the finances? Or they'll say like, oh, is he the money? Is he like he's like the money, and you're the face? And actually, I yeah, do all the finances. Invest, he's invested all the money. <laughs> I just look this good. I do all the fitness, and he is the man. <laughs> but it is such a man's world, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it's so kind of yeah, internalized misogyny, I guess, isn't it? But I could go on a rant about that. But I'm very lucky, and I realise I'm very lucky. And uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think while the kids are this small, if I didn't have. No one else is going to work as hard on the business as, as literally your husband. And he, no, he cares about it because obviously you both need to care about it for your mortgage, mortgage yeah. life, <laughs> yeah. future, kids yeah. doing what they want to do. Mm. Yeah, so I'm very lucky. That's how I, that's how I juggle it. Otherwise, I, I don't know how I would do it. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Do you have an insatiable fascination with the paranormal? Brace yourself for the supernatural world is about to reveal all of its secrets on the Paranormal Activity Podcast. And who better to guide you through this hair-raising journey than myself, Yvette Fielding, renowned paranormal investigator. 
Every episode of Paranormal Activity takes you on an unforgettable adventure into the unknown. But that's not all. The true heart of this podcast lies in the stories, evidence and questions shared by our devoted listeners. Will you dare to join me? Listen to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, wherever you get your podcasts from. So what exercise would you recommend for people that are pregnant? So I think it's really important. So as a business, we are really evidence-based. We are not about um, whether it's our studio, the bump plan. We're um, all about empowering people to exercise for for how the performance side of things you know f- um how it makes your body perform rather than how it makes your body look so we are not about weight loss or aesthetic goals so for that reason i'm really against when someone says i did this whilst i was pregnant and look how strong and fit i am and i didn't have a cesarean i had an emergency cesarean first time i had an elective cesarean second time i did everything by the book and things can still go wrong so we're all about the evidence and so what you have to look at um are the, are the chief medical officers guidelines the chief medical officers for the uk they get all the research together about what's safe to do uh, whilst you're pregnant and shows you know what's what the benefits are and they pull together these guidelines so we're really lucky in the uk that we have set guidelines for during pregnancy as to what exercise or what physical activity you should do. And those guidelines are that we should aim to do at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week, which is really wordy. And essentially moderate intensity means that it's got your heart rate up and it's got your breath rate up, but you're able to have a conversation. Okay. And physical activity means anything that gets your heart rate up. So that could be sex, if that's what you're up for, you know, not during my pregnancy, but um, it could be sex, could be house cleaning, it could be walking the dog, it could be Pilates, it could be running, it could be anything um, that you can still talk whilst you're doing. And there's some obvious things that you can't do, like bumping your bump. So things like rugby or horse riding, where you're more likely to bump your bump might not be great. But in general, what you were doing before you got pregnant, you can continue with if it feels good, you know, you're not leaking urine, um, as long as you can, you know, talk and you feel good, then in theory, you can pretty much carry on as you did before. And, and we want you to. And I just think it goes down to that. Everybody's body's different mm-hmm. and that you have to do what's right for you. So if you're not, if it doesn't feel right, like for me, I got to the point where I'm like, I can't actually physically put my trainers on now. So I don't think gyms for me right now. Yeah. Um, it's just being smart, isn't it, really? And yeah. and listening to your body, which, you know, I know we're all so busy that it's sometimes really hard to listen to your body. Yeah, it's so difficult. And not comparing with like Tracy down the pub. I would always say, you know, Paul Radcliffe. We all compare though, don't we? It's so difficult, especially as women, because we are compared by other people. But, you know, Paula Radcliffe was able to continue running at a really high level during her pregnancy. But good for her. That's because that's what she'd been doing before she got pregnant. But also, we're if she drops from doing that that probably would have been a bit more dangerous for her because her body's used to imagine if she just sat on the sofa and was like now I'm just going to watch friends box sets exactly but she will have also had lots of coaches that were helping her and she will have tapered down slightly compared to what she would normally do so so yeah really is what's amazing is over the last few years especially with people like the active pregnancy foundation really helping to get more information out there we now know that we can do a lot more than we than we thought we could and we should do more than we thought we could. Um, and so there's no reason for us to just stop doing stuff that we enjoy because we're pregnant. So if you can get out, get walking, get running, just move in some way. Yes, exactly. So you touched then on your um, birth stories. Mm. How, how were your births? 
Yeah. We like to we like to know about people's poo. births. Yeah. So well so the first one so with poo. Poo. So, with Freya, um, it was a really great pregnancy and I felt fantastic. That's when I f- filmed the first pregnancy bump plan. Um and did everything by the book, did hypnobirthing, you know. Um and then at the last minute I got uh, gestational diabetes. And it was really funny because at every appointment you have, your midwife will say, like, any itchy hands or feet? And I go, No, no. And then there was one towards the end, I think I was 39 weeks and my husband, Stu, was there as well. And she said that question and he said, uh, and he interrupted, he said, no, I've had really itchy armpits recently. And I said, I've had really itchy armpits too. And I showed the midwife and they were like red raw. They'd been keeping me awake at night. And so we were like, oh, I must just be like a new shower gel or something. And anyway, the midwife said, look, I'm going to have to just take a blood anyway and test you. Um, and then it came back that I had obstetric cholestasis where your liver's giving off um, uh, toxins, I think, basically, that dangerous for the baby or they say that you know there's a higher risk of stillborn and um, so they kind of really encourage you uh, to be induced and I managed to push to be induced much later I said can I have another week um, but yeah so give me more time yeah please and I tried everything but obviously nothing worked and she, I knew she wasn't ready to come out as well I had no twinges nothing and so yeah so then it was an induction that then uh wore off because there was no space on the labor ward. So then I was induced again. So then I was hyperstimulated, which is basically where you just have constant contractions and they're really, really painful. And then, um, and then, yeah, three days of that emergency cesarean, sepsis in hospital. So re- so after that, I was like, I don't want any more children. I genuinely like the thought of having another baby just actually just made me just so anxious. And I guess it worried your husband as well, because I think... You know, we do love us our women on here, but um, it's so hard for them to watch. Yeah, yeah, and especially you going through all that, and they're scared for the baby as well. Yeah. You know, and was, the sepsis. Yeah, yeah, not nice. Um, so, and actually, in hindsight, you know, you then go into being a mum. I think, especially when you go from zero to one, I think that's the biggest shock anyway. Uh, doesn't no one can prepare you actually for like how mind blowing becoming a parent is but I think when I look back in hindsight I was very anxious like I would constantly think about oh my gosh what if Stu like slips down the stairs with her and she well, dies when you walk around you think what if what if they hit their head off the yeah, wall or, yeah I just get thinking you have irrational dies. thoughts but everyone does have them irrational thoughts I don't think that's spoken about enough because when you're having them irrational thoughts you're thinking is everyone else thinking like yeah. this but it is normal and you don't want other people to think you've, you're crazy but yeah, in hindsight, it meant I, I went into parenting probably quite anxious and I like wouldn't nap. I wouldn't let anyone else take her. I would never let her leave the house without me. And so, yeah, so then I really wanted a V-back with Kit. I was desperate to have a vaginal birth. And then, um, yeah, it, you know, it was getting later and later and later. And he was due on Christmas Day. He stayed in for Christmas Day. And then I had a, a an exam. I pushed right till the end. And then they gave me a vaginal exam. And I, and they said, look, that baby's not coming anytime soon. Like you, you should, you should probably just have these cesarean you know in france there's no and and in other countries there's there's no like 40 weeks there's like they say in seasons like in somalia they go you'll have the baby you know in the yeah Yeah. it's like there's no like weeks and i feel like the baby will come when the baby wants to come and you probably weren't ready it's like i'm having a lovely time in here it's tricky isn't it as well because especially with the bump plan you know we've got so many experts involved in it and we're all about you know um 
advocating for yourself and not allowing your, you to be like pushed into induction, things like that. So I was very much like, no, I'm going to make the choice here. But it got to, I think, I think he was 41 weeks, I think. Um, and because I've had a previous cesarean and it had gone so wrong, you know, then there's other complications that I mentioned. And in the end, I was getting more and more anxious. And so the elective cesarean was honestly healing I kept I almost before I'd even got the feeling back in my legs I was saying to Stuart I I really want another baby like this is amazing during the surgery I was thinking oh my gosh this is absolutely beautiful so honestly it completely healed everything in that respect I was um birthing partner to my, my friend Rosie and when we went in it was either a a birth a natural birth or the C-section. I think they were so like shocked, but they say, don't they, for the trauma of the child that actually a C-section is better. So either vaginal birth or C-section. She didn't want to be induced. She was like, don't induce me. And, And I think they were quite shocked that we went in with that. But, you know, when I did hypnobirthing, I remember, um, uh, my teacher saying to me, if you went to buy a house, you ask questions, don't you? You don't just go, oh, yeah. So you sort of have to go in there and, and, and say, what what are the options? Or this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is my birth. This is what I want to do. And it had got to the point where I'd said, you know, I'm going to push to 41 weeks. And if he's not in here, then we'll, you know, we'll have another conversation. And, and actually, in hindsight, I'm really glad that I did have the elective because during surgery, they suddenly went a bit quiet and we could tell something. And I actually had a really bad reaction to the beginning of the cesarean again, but then they managed to get that under control. But um, they suddenly went a bit quiet and then they realized he was breech and that had never come up in any of the scans. And his head was, I'd broken my rib. I probably just done it before. He was like, and uh, he'd got his head stuck in my rib cage, and so that's why I'd broken a rib. But we thought it was because I'd uh, had a chest infection. But anyway, so he was stuck and he was breached. So actually, the chances of me ending up having like an easy vaginal birth it wasn't going to happen. Wouldn't have happened. So in the end, it was. What's the right Kit's thing. personality like? He's, d- he's just so chilled. Is he? He's so cute. So chilled. Oh, yeah, I thought you was going to say, oh, he's up all night. Like he's. he's- oh, well, I'm not sleeping, but no. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's babies. But no, he's really chilled. He's gorgeous. Right, shall we go through our question that's been sent Mm. in? They've said, Hey, I'm wanting to get back into a routine of exercise. It's been about two months since I had my little boy and I want to ease myself back in. Could you speak to someone who specializes in postnatal fitness with some tips on how I can ease myself back into fitness again? Loving the podcast, keep doing what you're doing. I agree. Um, yeah, so I think that actually during pregnancy, we are worried that we might harm our babies. So that's why we get a little bit nervous and we probably stop doing some of the exercise that we probably could keep doing. Postnatally, I think all of a sudden we feel quite broken. And I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for the thousands and thousands of women I've trained who will say like, I, I feel really nervous, I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to start things too early. And so actually what tends to happen is yeah either people start too early too much and they do end up injuring themselves or developing a prolapse um, or they do nothing for a very long time and actually they probably should have done something so what in an ideal world but I do want to caveat that you also have a baby and you're tired and you might not have much childcare or support at home and so you know this is not the you must do this but in an ideal world 
Um, often people think they need to wait till their six week checkup before they do anything. And anyone who's had a six week checkup with a GP knows that it's quite short. And actually they might not even look at you. They didn't even look at my scar first time round, and I'd had sepsis. And so um, actually we don't use that six week marker as like the gold standard for when you can start moving your body again and then start running. Actually, you can start moving your body as soon as you feel comfortable, even if you've had a cesarean. So what I would say in those first kind of six to 12 weeks, I would focus on things like um, gentle stretching because you're in this position all the time, no matter how you feed your baby. So gentle stretching that feels good, that's not hurting any of your scars. Um, Breath work, which sounds really kind of hippie-ish, but actually when we breathe, we naturally move and tone our pelvic floor. So breath work where you're taking big, deep breaths in and then exhaling out and cleaning out your lungs. Um, Deep core activation. So that's things like almost imagining like hugging your tummy in or gently drawing your belly button towards your spine. So activating your transverse, your deep core and pelvic floor exercises. You can do them as soon as you've had a catheter taken out if you've got one in. You can do it the the day you give birth if you wanted to. Um, And you can do those sorts of things and get up and start walking around as soon as you feel comfortable to. So there's no cut off. And then, yeah, by two months, you know, your body has started to kind of get back to... um, I don't want to say get back to where it was before because it takes a long, long time for that. Um, But what I mean is that you're sort of getting a little bit safer. Your scars will, in theory, be healing if you have any scars or tears. And that's when you can sort of start to increase things. But I would always just start off really gradually. And the aim is to build back up to those 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity in that first year after you've had a baby. Yeah, how long would you say it actually takes to get back to you again it's so difficult isn't it because I mean Kit's eight months and I work in this industry and you know I still am not maybe as strong as I I was before but in between having Freya and Kit um, so even after an emergency cesarean I was definitely the strongest I'd ever been even before having Freya Um, and so you can definitely definitely like I hate the phrase get your body back but I mean get your strength back Um, and you can be as strong and as fit as you were pre-babies if that's what you want to but it it takes a long time and it depends how your labour went or if you have a prolapse or if you have diastasis Um, so it really varies again don't compare yourself with anyone else so I think give yourself a good year to try and build back up to those 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity um, per week and then you can start thinking about kind of increasing it on top of that if you want to if you love it, if you love exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But equally, we've also got lives, so it has to be sustainable. Yeah. And that's what I find the hard at the moment. Mm. I'm not sustaining anything. Yeah. I've had to go to the Alps to walk and, and raise money for charity, but also get my exercise in. I mean, that's yeah. how bad. That's a lot. That's of how effort. bad my life is. No, I don't. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's two kids. It's just, just a lot, yeah. isn't it? And I think it's realising as well that that's okay. Like there will be periods of your time, take winter, for example, where actually your physical activity levels might go down because it's darker earlier and it's darker later or it's cold and you just can't be bothered. And then you don't really go out and walk as much, do you? In the summer, you're like, oh, it's beautiful. Let's go out for an evening stroll. Exactly. So it's being okay with the fact that, yeah, you know, my activity levels might be lower right now, but I also know that they will go back up again in the future. The kids will start school and I'll have a bit more free time or, you know, yeah, just being kind to yourself because this is about life. Like f- being active, it needs to be a long-term 
plan. It needs to be that we and we enjoy it. The last thing I would ever want anybody to do is do a form of exercise that they absolutely bloody hate. So if you're sat on a spin bike for half an hour just thinking, God, I hate this, get off the bike and there'll be something that you do enjoy doing for half an hour that's probably just as active for you. Again, whether that's having sex, cleaning your house, it doesn't matter. It's all it's all good for your body. Amazing. Thank you so much. You I've like, gone off on a rant, No, I love it. I love it. I'm like literally so invested. I'm like, this has spurred me on to be like, Going get some time, <laughs> yeah. get to the gym, sort my life out. But thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Do you have a question you want me and my guest to answer? Get in touch by emailing askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail on WhatsApp. Our number is... 07-599-927-537 or leave it as a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. I've been Kelsey Parker. You can find me on being underscore Kelsey on Instagram, where I'm just being me. Thanks for listening. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.